Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Scummy Mummies Podcast. Hello, it's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. And welcome to the Scummy Mummies Podcast. Tonight we have the amazing, the wonderful Mae Fong. Hello. Hi there, everyone. You're a journalist, you're a writer. You're the most exciting person we've had on the podcast because you've come the furthest. <laughs> is, that, is that it? Is that yeah. how you define That's right. your interest in people? You get the prize, man. <laughs> how far are we counting way back from China? Because <laughs> yeah, technically, mate, you've come from Australia, so That's why I win. because um, you are you're like a prop you're like a proper, you know, you're a Pulitzer Prize winning author, May. What yeah. are you doing here? Um, I, I came for the the wine. Yeah. <laughs> I heard there was some good wine here, so you know journalists. Yeah, fuck, fuck woman's hour. Come for the wine, stay for the swearing. I don't know, what do we do? I don't That's know. Right. No, because you're like a proper amazing person. You've written for Forbes, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. You, you're you amazing. Keep on here. I like yeah. to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> just keep blowing that smoke right up what your I ass. Like it's because you're, you're American. You're just nodding and smiling. If you're British, you'd be going, oh no, no, please. Stop. I'm shit. I'm completely shit. <laughs> Shit. Oh, the reason we've got you here today is that you've written an amazing book. It's called One Child, The Story of China's Most Radical Experiment. What's it about? Uh, one child? Yeah. <laughs> it's motherhood in a, in, a, in a nutshell. So basically China had a uh, population planning policy for the last 30-something years and um, it limited a lot of people to just one child, about a third of all Chinese households. So that's what my book is all about. And all the crazy kind of uh, things that have happened as a result of this because it's been around for a whole generation. We have a whole generation of uh, men who have no women. <laughs> That's one of the problems they have. You have 30 million uh, single men in China who will not be able to find women because uh, when you tell people that you don't have one child, and a lot of people want sons in China. It's very Downton Abbey, really. Mm. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And they, there's a name for these men, isn't it? Is it they're, they're the branch that... Yeah, doesn't... they call them bare branches. Very oh, charming. God. Because they are the biological dead ends of their family tree. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's jolly, isn't it? I, I, what my favourite quote in your book is that it says that you're going to have a gigantic mass of horny young men in China because of this this policy and that there was almost 25 men for every woman or something like that some amazing statistic yeah, yeah. well this so here's how nature works uh, for every hundred 
uh, girls that are born on average, 105 boys are born. Nature makes a few more boys to compensate, to make it equal, because boys are violent creatures and they kill themselves and die off. I was going to say, some are a bit rubbish. <laughs> You're going to lose a few. Yeah. yeah, so you make a One few... One of them's going to stick its wet finger in an electric socket. It's <laughs> yeah. gone. Yeah. You know? Redundancies. There's some built-in redundancies there. Uh, so in places where they like boys more than girls, say India, for example, they also like boys more than girls. It's a, but at the same time, they didn't have a family limitation policy. But over there, there are about something like 110 boys, an average boy for every 100 girls. Uh, in China, where they both had the boy preference and a family limitation, it's the highest in the world. So you have about something like 117 boys born for every 100 girls. And in some places, uh, it's even as extreme as 140, almost 140 boys born for a Oh, girls. it's like Jurassic Park when <laughs> they learn how to, like, like you know, hybridise themselves. Or isn't they all get eggs? It's like Jurassic Park, isn't it, mate? It's raining is it? Is it? men. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah, not quite. So what, what has this meant for, for China? Well, the problem is, um, you know, so there are a lot of people who can't start families, right? Especially the poorest. It's always the farmers, you know, the guys mm. who live out in the sticks, uh, can't get women. Nobody wants to marry you. You don't want to live in the sticks if you can help it and you've got choices now. So it's not great for those guys, obviously. And then on the bigger scale, there are all these big questions like what does it mean when you have an, such a huge imbalance, right? Because places where you have lots of men and not enough women are not usually happy places, you know? Think of oh, uh, prison yards. horrible. And, yeah. 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 I've worked in video games. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> There's evidence that there are more crime rates in places where there are bigger gender imbalances. And some sociologists even say, well, is this going to mean that China is going to be more warlike? They have this big theory that China is more muscular in its foreign policy. It's making more noises. It's going to be uh, because of its imbalance. Star Wars, when there's too much, there's too much Jedi. They're like, we need more Jedi, get rid of the Sith. Then there's too much Jedi, it's too much. And they have to have more Sith back to bring balance to the Force. There is an imbalance. Yeah. Do you think that I'm doing your Pulitzer Prize winning book justice by just comparing it to shit movies, May? Are you happy with that analogy? Shit movies are good. Besides, Star Wars is not a shit movie. I live and die by Star Wars. Even the prequels, May. <laughs> oh, oh, no, okay. I'll give you I was going to say, I thought, you were, I thought you were intelligent. I thought you were an intellectual. <laughs> Hayden Christensen must die. Oh, well, we couldn't go that far, you know. <laughs> just melt him a bit and then turn him into a robot. Yeah, no, that's yeah. fine. That's adequate. <laughs> so, how did, how did it all start? How did you start this this book well um i was uh, working in china um and this is about 2008 so this was coming up to the olympics and in may of that year uh they had a big earthquake um 8.0 major major earthquake it was china's biggest disaster over 70,000 people were killed and so i i had just come off i was trying to sneak into Burma at that time when they called Myanmar. As you do, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, Might um, nip down Burma for the weekend. Got on, yeah. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> They've got a, nice centre parks there, I've heard. Oh, very lovely. <laughs> Myanmarese. Um, so I was trying to sneak in there to report in another um, a cyclone that it just happened. Cyclone Narges had hit that country too. They weren't letting in any foreign journalists. I was trying to sneak in through the border in Kunming. I, I, I didn't make it. I was, I was kicked out. What, the moustache didn't work and the funny hat? Yeah, I don't know. Foiled again! We then gave it away! (laughs) But, um, so I was was flying back and I missed it. Then after I thought, well, shoot, how do I write the story? 
And then I, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll follow a group of people back to Sichuan. Because Sichuan is kind of like the Mexico of China. It's very poor. A lot of people work, uh, I guess, workers from that area. And they go work in all the other parts of China. They work in all the factories that make your iPhones, for example. So I run to the train station and I find a group of construction workers, males and females. And they were all trying to get back home. And, they, you know, being migrant workers, they're very poor. They can't fly. It, it takes three days. You know. So um, I followed them back. And then we found out that, you know, it was all sad stories. Most of them had, you know, had family that died. But more to the point, there were a lot of kids that died in the earthquake because the schools were badly built. But then even more on top of that, um, that area was actually a test pilot project for the one-child policy before mm. they launched it nationwide in 1980. Oh, so they did like a mini one. Yeah, they did, they did like many a... places because they weren't sure, okay, will this work? So 30-something years later, the big irony is that, you know, not only did people lose their children in the earthquake, many of them lost their only children. Mm. Yeah. The way mm. I saw it, I saw the earthquake as, you know, not just a natural disaster, but uh, it was just so horrible the way all these people had lost their kids and they were in terrible pain. And um, the, the country was just steamrolling all this because they wanted to cover this up. And this go is not ahead. the right time for this. No, no, they no. were like, no, 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 we no, are going no, no. to celebrate the Olympics. Let's There's going to be this. blue skies, clean air. <laughs> Green grass, we'll make it happen, yeah. we'll make it so. And yeah. so that was what affected me. But at the same time, here's the thing. The, the part, other part of me was, um, when I was doing all these stories um, and interviewing all these people who had lost their only child, I discovered I was pregnant. Mm. And, you know, I was like, what, 36, 37. I had infertility issues. I was juggling the whole idea. Well, do I need to be, can I be a mother? Can I be a foreign correspondent and a mother? How is this going to curb my career? And then so I was like, wait a minute, I'm pregnant. And I was very happy about that. But at the same time, you know, I was also talking to people and, and you're, 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 this is, it's almost obscene, right? Mm. And then um, three months into it, I went for my first trimester, you know, it was scan. Yeah. And uh, they said the heartbeat had stopped. So, and, and that really wrecked me, but, you know, at mm. that time. But I, I was trying not to be wrecked, but I was like, no, I'm going to deal with this. this that always thing. works. That always yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just, fine, yeah. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's I like mean, when I had a premature baby, I was like, I'm not going to be upset about this. I shall simply get on with it. And that works for about 16 hours, in yeah. my experience, and then you're fucked. You're yeah, totally fucked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stiff up levels. And then plus, I was like, well, uh, what have I got to complain about? These are all these people who are genuinely fucked, you know, and here's me, you know, okay, you know, I didn't even give birth. This is not the same thing at all. Um, stiff up lip go on with it all you know and soldier through but at the same time you know and it's only looking back on it I, I wasn't aware it was just too much uh, to deal with them but then I realized that you know this was the start of it all this was the point where I started thinking about motherhood and parenthood and and what happens when this powerful desire we all have to you know spawn mm. is, is, is towards it and and you know right before me I had this big you know policy example of, of lots and lots of people who were not allowed to have, you know, the number of kids they wanted and, and, and had all these severe repercussions. And so I felt like that was a way to sort of get into the story and, and write about it. Um, a lot of editors, advisors were very hesitant about me taking that kind of a personal, are you, you know, my editor, my, my agency, are you sure you want to write about your, your miscarriage and all this stuff in there? It's this kind of woman stuff, you know. Was he a man? He was a man. <laughs> <laughs> what a shocker. What a shocker. Yeah, but, you know, I think it's this part of, you know, that, that whole thing that sort of, uh, that whole male establishment that sort of sees these kind of things as being not quite serious journalism, you know, too hysterical, too womanly. Not, you know, I mean, like, think about it. When Mark Zuckerberg writes about his wife's miscarriage, you know, mm. the, everybody's like, woohoo, this is so courageous. This <sighs> is so wonderful. And I was like, 
with one in three miscarriages and you know one in three pregnancies and in a miscarriage it's very common so why is it a taboo and b why is it that when a white man writes about it and mm. about his wife it's suddenly seen as groundbreaking it shouldn't be if one in three is a miscarriage yeah. mm. so Look, I'm an idiot, as you may have gathered mm. already. Um, but I, I obviously knew China had a one-child policy. But to be honest with you, I didn't really understand how it was enforced. Here's the thing. This was obviously a hugely unpopular policy, right? You know, you're telling people how many kids they have. You're telling them they shouldn't have. You're telling them to get sterilized or abortions. So that's. It's, I guess that's what I mean. Like, mm. what was the actual mechanics of I know I know the policy existed, but how was it enforced? Yeah, well, it sticks. Sticks. So this was a this was strictly a place where you had sticks, not carrots. Right. There were very few carrots. So the first stick is obviously uh, you have to make it hurt, right? Because people don't won't follow it if they if it doesn't hurt. So one, um, you do it by fines. You know, you charge, make it hurt in the pocket. So um, if you have a child that's out of quarter, if you have more than your allotted number, then you will have to pay a fine, and the fine is usually anywhere between two to ten times your household income. So wow. and, yeah. and and it's very discretionary. So the the officer in question is a lot. You know, obviously between two and ten is a big difference, right? And they say today two, tomorrow three. So you, there's a lot of um, non transparency about the process. A lot of money under the table, greasing the skids, just to sort of you know. And you, one place varies from another, so you just never know. You know, you could be up the pot or, or pay very little. You know, you might. Mm. So that's one money. And then for a long time, when China first started this policy, a lot of people were peasant farmers. They didn't have any money, so you couldn't make it hurt for them that way you confiscate there's not much so what they do is they go into your house your farmhouse take things from it you know they, they um, take your um, uh, take your uh, your cow your pig and um, you know, sometimes you know damage your house you or your it. grandmother oh, oh that one oh that that's a third one um, sorry so, beg your pardon <laughs> jumping to that yeah, so they're gonna make sorry it, I read the book yeah so the third <laughs> thing you do is also um, yeah detention so yeah. let's say you have pregnant with your second or third child, unauthorized pregnancy. They say, okay, we want you to show up for an abortion. Let's say you don't want to show up for an abortion. You want to say, I want to carry this child the full term. Um, then you start hiding somewhere and, and try and avoid them. Then what they do is they say, okay, we'll take someone, relative, you know, your mother or somebody, put you in jail. And then you send the void out with the village grapevine. Okay, so-and-so's mother's in jail and being detained there, and she will be until she shows up for that abortion that she's oh. supposed to. And it's the same for sterilizations too, you know. Um, let's say you, you kept the rules, but you don't want to be sterilized. You know, judge me, some of these places did it like very um, conveyor belt style. So there were women who complained after that they were damaged, you know. And then, um, oh, oh, sometimes it's your job. You could, you know, if you work for any kind of a government linked organization, let's say you taught in a university, let's say you work for a, a firm that had links to the government, you could lose your job. So there was a lot of pressure on you to do that. You know, mm. There were people who lose. I, I went. I met this guy who was a lecturer, at a uh, law lecturer at a university, and then he had a second child, a boy, and um, they said, "Okay, thirty thousand U.S. dollars. You have to pay that." And he says, "I'm not going to." And so they took his wages. He lost his job. He also lost his um, company assigned housing because a lot of the you know universities they allowed you to apartment, so he lost that too. And then I think he went online and advertised himself as a slave. He said, I will sell myself to anyone for $30,000 to pay back this, you know, birth fine that we have. So these were all these kind of sticks. And then, of course, the worst one is the threat of forced abortions. You know, um, if, you know, if you carry a child to full term, then, um, you know, it's like, you know, you it's like getting past the goalpost. You're all right. But anything before then can sometimes be fair game. 
Really, so, even if you're say eight months or something. Yeah, wow. Been, I have talked to birth enforcers who said, you know, and there was the most famous case happened in 2012. You know, that's pretty recent, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a woman who was seven months pregnant, and she uh, wanted this child. She kept playing hide and seek, evade, evading them, uh, evading the birth police. But they caught her when she was seven months. They dragged her off to jail. And at the same time, they were sending the husband text messages saying, you owe this much. If you want to have a, the, the second child, you're going to have to pay this much, $6,000. I think it was 6000 US dollars. Husband said, I can't pay this much right now. Please, please, give me some time to scare up this money. Please, please. They said, no, no, no. And then so they then it injected her, mm. and she had a forcible abortion. And the, the reason why that story made so much uh, noise was because of social media you know this is a time that all this this stuff had been happening for years but it's always been you know in the remote areas to sticks you know so in this case social media was around this woman uh, miss uh, mrs fung she was lying in her bed and right next to her was the seven-month fetus and it looked like a perfectly formed baby Mm. and um uh, a relative of her snapped that picture on her cell phone it went viral and that's when a lot of people in china realized for the first time that this stuff is still going on. Yeah. My youngest son was born at seven months, mm-hmm. so I find that particularly... Yeah, yeah, no, just to I make it about me. Just to make it about me. I find was, that particularly upsetting. That was... Because I, I read it on the train the other day, um, and yes, Ellie's son was born at seven months, and I thought, that's, that's <sighs> so criminal. You've ruined a baby's life. You've ruined a mother's life. Yeah, and you know, and the funny thing is, like, just last year, right, um, mm. late October, they've made an announcement... Now you can all have two children. So, you know, 2012 to 2016, if it's just four years difference, that yeah. woman could have had a second child. Right. And it wouldn't make... But it's so arbitrary. Then, on the other hand, you also have all, uh, a lot of people, who, especially people from outside China, who say, well, you know, that plant has way too many people. So, and, and China it was a very poor country before. They really needed to scale down, you know, the population. Mm. So we think the one-child policy is a, is a good idea. You know, and, and I see the point of view they have because, you know, I, my family is from China. I do know about poverty <laughs> and I do know about people not having enough to eat. But the problem we all tend to think is, you know, it's one, one child and population control is one and the same thing. It's not. You can reduce the population. You can encourage people to have fewer kids and use contraception, all these other things, and mm. send women to college without having to go DEFCON 1. And I still meet a lot of people who, who come up to me and say, we should all have a global one-child policy. We should all do this. And I say, really? You want to have someone come into your house and take you away for a forced abortion? How would you like that? Oh, no, <laughs> that, that that's what I was... I, th- I think I found so overwhelming, and as I read in the book, that the woman was surrounded in the night in her house, chased down into a lake, and mm. she stood in a lake, and these men surrounded her. You know, when you interview the ex-government officials, and they were very matter-of-fact about it, and that they got bonuses for how many abortions they got, and things like that. And I was, I, you know, it just sort of struck home, because the dates and things you were mentioning were the same dates that I had my children. And here I was happily having my second child and and, and all that sort of you stuff. And there were women... millions of dollars. I know, I know, I know. I just got <laughs> drunk in a pub and I had a second kid in my lounge, <laughs> you know, in a, in a blow-up pool. And, and these women were the same with me. They wanted a baby. They wanted a family and all that sort of stuff. And I, yeah, I, I was just... But yeah, that was, was just so one amazing. part of it, the one-child policy. Just down to everyday living is like dating and, and marriage. And so, like, for example, you know, okay, the fact that you have, you know, 90% of all urban households, city places have only one child. 
and also the fact that you're going to have this huge gender imbalance what does it mean for dating and it's in and the thing is you it's it means your parents give you shit about getting married to a yeah. you know a bazillion degrees you know so one day i remember i was walking along in a park in china it was cherry blossom season and i saw all these like little notices you know handwritten notices and they were classified ads that parents had placed for their kids you know like my daughter age 29 born in the year of the rat is seeking a husband born a year with middle age education hopefully wow. the salary and you know these were all being put up by parents yeah that's not weird yeah. without <laughs> their kids knowledge because most of the kids would be like do not do this to me please yeah. do not yeah. oh, I can't so, imagine oh, and oh my god I, I like imagine if your mom went on tinder oh god. oh yeah this is pre-generation tinder right oh. yeah. and then you know I, oh. I started taking some of these pictures and some of these guys were like really agitated and they're like no, what are you doing uh, please don't tell my daughter I'm doing this she would be so mad at me if, I, if she knew <laughs> yeah she knew because it's she not really okay yeah, yeah. So, oh. and I went to one of these mass dating things you know uh, there are all these you go like it's like speed dating every six minutes they make you go around to different and, and, and it's horrible it's awful they make you chant slogans loves great warriors and then and then they make you do stuff like all right everybody in the circle let's massage each other and so i'm like you know i'm like rubbing Whoa. some strange guy's shoulders and then turn around and he's like rubbing my shoulders oh, 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 it's like oh, sexy oh, time oh, no. oh sexy time for me oh, <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash press on and use code press on 25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. So China's got rid of the one-child policy now. Sort of. I mean, there's still, you know, rules in place. You know, you can't just... It's not a free-for-all. Before you have your child, you still need to get a birth permit, all these things. If you break the rules, you're still going to have to pay all these fines. But I think it's on its way out. It has to be because, you know, you have this big problem. Not enough men... And the other big problem, which I didn't talk about a bit, was you have too many old people. I mean, mm. I mean this is, you know, so China now, uh, by 2050, one in four Chinese will be a uh, retire, retiree. One in four one in will four. be an old buffer. So that's bigger than all of Europe. So basically, um, if... That is a lot of cruises and slippers to manufacture. <laughs> that, is, that is a lot of... Oh my god, oh, countdown will be meals. on eight hours a day. Oh. The snooker, the endless, just think of my own. Bingo! Yeah. Oh, that's oh. it. It'll just be like Beijing will be renamed Bingo Jing. Yeah. That's it. That's going to be that's it. That's it. So everybody's living longer, and there's nothing to do with the one child policy. But 
the fact is you're going to have much fewer people to support that elderly population, mm. which, by the way, is going to be bigger than all of Europe. So, you know, if China's senior citizens were to form their own country, um, they would be the third largest country. And I would want to live there. I think it'd be amazing. Uh, amazing. All these Chinese grannies and granddads just like <laughs> knitting endlessly. Like everybody going around in top quality woolens. That's right. Uh, just, Everyone just on brilliant. a cake. It'd be yeah. great. Yeah. Everyone will have an electric blanket. That's, that's, right. that's the dream. Yeah. And be asleep by eight o'clock at night. Sounds all right. Do you have electric blankets in America? Oh, uh, they food. do. Oh, they right, do, okay. yeah. And, and they always have these big dire warnings, you know, because it's American. Do not leave them on for uh, you know, yeah. two minutes. Cook. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, they have warnings in Starbucks cups, yeah. you know, you can imagine. We don't mind a house fire in Britain, it's how we won two wars. Anyway, uh, oh. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, China's got, you know, like you said, we talk about all these old people, you know, you, who's going to be plugging in all those electric blankets for the old ladies? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to be changing your elevators? Then bare branches. That's yeah. <laughs> Just all your men servants. Yeah, it's not just that you got missing women, right? So you got China's got a missing women. So what's the problem there is that, okay, so you want to grow your population now. How are you going to do that when you got missing women? Secondly, who takes care of old people, men or women? Women. Mm. So you got the missing women. So you fucked. It's not just a question of sure numbers. It's the mix up, right? It's the quality. Yeah. So, you know, in some ways, you, you might sort of call it like poetic justice in some sense. I, I sort of felt it a little bit that way because I am a, a Chinese daughter and you have no conception. I am the fifth girl. My parents kept trying and trying and trying to have a boy. <laughs> Because you know, voice is so important. Because my father was the this was was this in China? This no, my I am the third generation Chinese, and they call us overseas Chinese Hua Chiao, and we are considered the most traditional. We hold on to the old values more because we didn't have anything like the Cultural Revolution to turn it upside down. So things like ancestor worship, the way things were done, that's all up there still. So my I grew up in Malaysia. My father was the sixteenth son. My grandfather had eighteen sons. And then he had eighteen five, sons. Eighteen sons. Wow. Yeah, and, yeah. and then and then, then he had five daughters. So you can imagine every time we showed up for a Chinese New Year gathering or anything like that we would be like, oh, that, that those are the girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's wonderful that China is now belatedly realizing that they really do need women, that they need to value women. But um, at the same time, you know, it's 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 really sad state for you know think of all these guys who can't get married, who can't find someone. You know, think of all the women who are under huge pressure now. Like, oh, can you please get married and get married now? Yeah. Women are considered starting from the age of twenty five. You're considered a leftover, a spinster. <gasps> they actually they actually have a term for it. They call it leftover. You know, like you're the stuff of doggy bags. And you know, uh, wow. so wow. and here's the thing, right? The legal age for marriage in China for women is twenty. So you go from 20 to 25, and it's from go to game over in just five years. Oh. Because that's when you, what, you've just graduated, you graduated just, yeah. from uni, you're st- establishing your career. And probably just starting to date for the first time. Yeah, oh exactly. My God. I was going to say, if I'd married one of the people I dated between the ages of 20 and 25, I, ah, <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I um, you know, well, basically... Um, yeah, you've made me cry, so yeah, I feel like that's enough book chat. (laughs) (laughs) All I want to say, it's a brilliant book. I think everybody should read it. And thank you for writing it because, yeah, there were, there were so many people who didn't have a voice and you gave them a voice. Well, I also wanted to to sort of, um, you know, at some point in our lives, we all come to that point. Do we want to have children or not? If we have children, how much is this going to cost us? You know, emotionally financially a lot um, it's millions <laughs> if you're wondering <laughs> everything 
So I, and so I sort of wanted to, so I wove that into the book because this is a, one of the issues you face, right? Especially yeah. now, I think, um, we're, you know, especially for societies like, you know, England and so on. And at the same time, you know, uh, at some point, all these um, societies, all these uh, national nations are sort of like, hang on a minute, if nobody have kids, we won't have any workers. If we don't have any workers, our economy is going to go to pot. So, <laughs> women, yeah. have at it, go to it, make it. So, and you're like, what, are we taps? You know, do we turn it on, turn yeah. it off? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to have more kids unless, you know, you throw in some, you know, free massages and free education and free <laughs> health care oh. and free... And then you oh, can she had a pack of all the nights on August voucher, at least 25. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so, so, so that's what I want to write about. So one of the things I wrote about in the book was when I, I wake up in hospital in Beijing I'd just gone through IVF and I was just dying to pee because they make you, uh, they'd, no, they'd extracted my eggs and they tell you to drink a lot of water beforehand because they want to see all your tubes nice and, you know, in full release. So I was going to woke up and I was like, I gotta pee, I gotta pee. And then the nurse said, no, 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 you just lie down flat. You know, you don't get up for the next 40 minutes. And I was like, oh, but I gotta go. And she's like, mm, okay, fine. I'll get you a bit pen, but you gotta pay me 20 <gasps> renminbi. Because this is the thing about China, right? Before wow. you, they don't give you any medical treatment unless you pay for it up front. You know, every shot, every syringe. Oh. So I was like, I'm lying there in my hospital gown, you know, I'm naked. And I'm like, what? You're not going to give me a big pen until I give you 20. Why do you think I got this money hidden up? <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Full <laughs> of bloody eggs. I had to take all the notes out to get the eggs up there. Jesus. That's, that's book chat then. Should, let's have some May chat. Let's, okay. let's talk about you, mate. And tell us about your family. Okay, so as I said, I'm one of five girls. Um, and I'm the fifth one, so which means I was the last shot at a boy. Did they have a boy after that? That was no, it. No, that, that was when my mother said, "This is it. I'm closing shop. This is the last one." My father apparently didn't even show up at the hospital on the day <gasps> of because he was really pissed. Oh my god! Yeah. that's a lovely story to grow up. I know. Warms the cockles of the heart. Oh, oh man! And then your dad didn't show up, and we all cried. Yeah, 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 yeah but you know, so, you know, yeah. So, um. So I think the one, the time when my father really sat up and sort of thought, well, okay, you know, she, you know, she's worth something as a girl, was, you know, I sent you a photo I took mm. with oh. Queen Elizabeth, and next to, that man next to me is my father, so oh. he got a chance to meet the Queen. And was you that know, through you? That was through me, because I had written some, this is the Commonwealth, we, Malaysia was part of the Commonwealth, so we had this thing called the Commonwealth Essay Competition that people in the Commonwealth could enter, and I had entered and written some really boring, fucked up essay, I can't even remember what it was about. But I got a, a minor prize, and because she was in Malaysia that year, the queen was. They said, okay, why don't you invite some nice young schoolgirl to go? And I got a perm. I got a perm <laughs> oh because God. I was going to meet the queen. This was the 1980s. You remember <laughs> Flash Dads, you know? Yeah. Glenn yeah. Close and Fatal Attraction, you know, that you whole thing. You need a curl, mate. So you I thought, you know, I'm going to spruce up for the queen of England. So I went and got a $20 student perm. I don't know what I was thinking. I look like a poodle you know oh man oh, you saw amazing. the picture you know i oh you looked you look great there's a lot of body there was a lot of body in that hairdo just a small town girl on a saturday night <laughs> <laughs> did you meet the queen and was she like going along the line and, said, yes. yeah. and then she went and she went oh babes what happened to your hair what did you do <laughs> too dry too dry she's like here take my hat <laughs> Are you are you a royalist, man? Then? Uh, well, no. I mean, you know, or 
do you think that a system that has an unelected head of state who lives off the people through the means of tax is inherently flawed and unfair? I think it's basically boils down to the hair issue. The hair apparent. Uh, <laughs> How do we get here again? <laughs> oh, just because I, I hate the royals and Helen loves I them, love so I like any royals. excuse to slag them off. So anyway, um, because of the queen, I said, oh, woo, I, I can write and I can meet famous people and have cool stuff and maybe get out of Kuala Lumpur, <laughs> which is the name of the city I was born in. And you know what Kuala Lumpur means? It means muddy river mouth. Romantic name. Yeah, I love. Give me a ticket. I love Kale. I love. I. There are many things to wonderful at Kale, but when I was growing up there, and I was a you know an unwanted girl, and I wasn't sure I was ever going to get to college, and my father didn't want to spend any money educating us. It takes the edge off. Yeah, so fun. Not so much, you know. Backpacking around with your banana pancakes. Hell, no, no, like that's... her experience maybe yeah, slightly yeah. different. Just going you from just one roti chennai <laughs> to the next. Yeah, no, no, I can understand. I was lucky, so I, I went off and I saw the world, and now I am a housewife in Potomac, Maryland. Wow. <laughs> went to Washington, D.C. Oh. Yeah, and I look at the women in my Pilates class, and I'm walking, and I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> prize-winning journalist, you cunts. No, it's not that. It's just that American suburbia is the strangest, most foreign place I've ever lived in. Really? Yeah. No, yeah, it's like, well, for example, okay, so we live in a pretty ritzy neighborhood, which we moved into for the good schools, and um, all the houses, they have these homeowners associations which say you can't do certain things to your house because we lowest the tone. So, uh, for example, I was in a Pilates class one day making conversation with a woman next to me. I said, oh, it's a nice sunny day. It's too bad they don't let us hang our clothes out in the clothesline so we can save on, uh, on this energy and, and, and have nice, clean you know, clothes. I didn't understand America. Why is it that 365 days a day you got to use a dryer? That is good. I didn't know that. That's ludicrous. That That's ludicrous. stupid. You know, and, you know, given where we are with the climate, you know, this is stupid. And she looked at me like she thought I was so low class. She's like, what? You want to hang a clothesline in your yard? You know, like, you know, ooh, who is this? You know, wow. next you're going to want a goat or something. <laughs> Put a goat out there with your wash line. You yeah, wacky yeah, boy. class bohemian With person. your weird Halloween yeah. costumes. And I was like, oh no, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? You know, I, I used to go and cover natural disasters. Now I'm, I'm doing a supermarket run. But oh. this is, this is at the same time, this is what I write into the book too. I mean, this is what parenthood is, right? It's the biggest motherfucking adventure of your life. Yeah. Yeah. But there are a lot of dull bits in between mm. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you miss it then? Do you miss that whole thing of, yeah, like racing to the centre of earthquakes? And I do, I do, because, you know, you get the adrenaline rush. You know, the other day when I was coming out here to UK, I realised I hadn't used my passport for a long time. I used to have it in my back pocket all the time, mm. stuffed full of visas. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm travelling now. I'm doing the, uh, I'm just, you know, buying broccoli i'm just wiping a lot of things i'm just wiping things <laughs> wiping butts i'm sh- yeah. shouting a lot I, i'm being a chauffeur being a mother is three quarters chauffeur right yeah and the other quarter is picking up legos off the floor yeah and uh, you know um but you know there are scummy mummies there, there are lots of us out there in fact yeah. i think america's got tons of scummy mummies because yeah. 
we have no help. I mean, you have no maternal benefits. You know, mm. uh, you know, very few places. It's not mandated. You know, you're lucky. Do you know when I went when I was pregnant and I was working for Dow Jones in America? Uh, it's an American company. They count it as they call it disability. There's no such thing as maternity leave. It's called right. disability because you're pregnant. You're disabled. <laughs> oh yes, that, that's right. That's not a, not not that I'm giving birth to a new human being or you know and raising a potential taxpayer. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Disability. So, so how many how many children do you have, mate? I have two twin boys. Yeah. Okay. So and then you had them through IVF, but you did the IVF in China, is that right? I tried it in China. It didn't work. Right. So I had, ended up doing it in California, where it did. I did one and a half times, and the half time with the frozen eggs worked. That's yeah. a bit too much info for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, no, that's amazing. Any, any tips for uh, for twins? Any tips for? Oh God, I don't know. I mean, you know, they're two, and, and they, everything happens all at once. But I don't know any better because I never had singletons before, so I just deal with it. Um, I still, for me, I think that the difficulty is always juggling juggling my Asian sensibility, which is you know, which is the way I was brought up, which you know, speak and you're not spoken to, and and, and being serious, and you know, and, and let's face it, in Asia we were whack those physical punishment all the time and I grew up in America now I mean, I'm raising my kids in America now and uh, you could not whack your children child services would have your hide you know and, and, and I understand that because intellectually and I'm telling brother you know kid A not to hit kid B <laughs> how am I going to tell don't hit your brother whack exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's wrong yeah. but it's very hard for me not to sort of do that by instinct because that was how I was raised so yeah. you know my hand goes up and I have to hold myself back and so mm. you you know, not even just a light smack on that wrist, which you know was nothing in Asia. It's it's considered bad form in America, mm. uh, which is almost to the other extreme. I mean, there was once I was in a car with a friend of mine, and he was like, "Oh, would you like a story?" He's telling his kid, um, "Would you like a, a scary story or a happy story? Would you like a a, 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 a witch or this? Would you like?" That? And by the end of like you know half an hour, I was like. Wanting to poke my eye out with a <laughs> Just tell the fucking story. <laughs> I tell the story and you listen to it and you like it whether you want to. <laughs> I think it's time for the Scummy Mummy Confessions. Hooray! Um, so my confession happened literally, I think, two and a half hours ago. Mm. Um, my lovely neighbour popped around. She's she's moving out today, actually. It's very sad. Uh, and Pete opened the door, blah, 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 little chat. And uh, the next thing I heard was Charlie going... For goodness sake, I'm doing a poo naked on the upstairs bathroom, which is fully visible from the front door. And luckily, Megan has a seven-year-old son, so she understands what we're going through. But um, yes, Um, Helen, have you have you permission for us? Yes, I do. Um, I I want to say a big thank you to my childminder on a Wednesday who provides my children with like outside play. They go to like forest school. They'd had a lovely time. They'd done pond dipping. They'd found newts that had like baked potatoes uh and then one of my kids said uh mommy can you come to the loo with me and and they just soiled themselves so i had to um (laughs) (laughs) after like having all this lovely wholesome stuff hide a pair of pooey knickers like up my jumper and then just like kind of emptied into my backpack and pretend pretend everything's fine it's like oh it's so natural and <laughs> naturey and then just go home and put a pair of stinky pants in the bin so that was nice that was nice Ooh, a nice little time nice little end to that you know wholesome wholesome experience uh, may do you have a confession for us Oh, well, um, I've been trying to organize my closets and stuff, you know, because I've got, like, crap all over the place. And uh, I've been reading that Marie Kondo. What that, <gasps> I love uh, that book! Oh, my God, you guys are now married. Oh Ellie, my God. Is she might hate you? it, though. Do you hate it? I 
hate it. Oh no! <laughs> get out! Get out! I'm condoning you! I'm condoning you! You don't spark joy anymore. Well, I'm joking, of course. The thing she says that sparks joy, throw away the stuff that sparks joy. The only thing I want to throw away was that book, and that sparked a whole lot of joy. <laughs> now, mate, it's my friend, Ellie. She is mine! And you're very happy together. In your messy, standards. filthy houses. Impossible standards. How can you just. She's saying that you tidy up one time and that's it. If you do it right, you never need to tidy up again. That is bullshit. Bullshit. You know it. Mate, look around you at this pristine. Look the pile of books in the basket. Mantelpiece full of Lego. You know. Giant egg. She didn't have kids when she wrote that book. That's it. She never did. That's the thing. She does not know the uncontrollable chaos. I'm waiting for the sequel. It's going to be very different. The life changing magic of having a fucking lie down. Yes, yeah. even I accept that. You know. <gasps> anyway, so mate, I'm sorry. Your your confession was co- was condo related. Oh well, my confession is um, I threw the book out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. Well, we've come to the end of the podcast. That's it for us. And from Helen and May, scissors in the corner. Um, <laughs> me and Mary Condo will be over here and um, folding our pants. That's um, right. We hope you've enjoyed listening. If you have, please tell your friends. Leave us an iTunes review and follow us on the social media. That's right. That's right. We're on uh, Twitter. We're on. Oh. I think that was us getting a tweet right now. Uh, We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I just want to say thank you to Skinny Prosecco who provided all the fizz. And the fun. Let's face it. And the fun. We're drunk. We've drunk two bottles of Skinny Prosecco, which is great. It's half the the sugar and it's just bloody delicious. And thank you for sending us free stuff. And And the book. Your book. It's called One Child, uh, The Story of China's Most Radical Experiment. It's by Mei Fong. Mei, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the Skinny Prosecco. Oh, you are welcome. Cheers. Um, That's it. Until next time. Bye-bye. But, you know, but I grew up in a culture where if you go went home and you said you had, you know, an A minus, you're like, well, I have nothing to be in. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, you know, I actually dressed up as Tiger Mom on Halloween that did you. I wore like this long Chinese robe and I put on a hat and I pinned some little stuffed tigers on it and I pinned all these oh, signs brilliant. to my uh, back that said something like, um, Yale is just a safety school. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, wait, this that is, is the best Halloween costume for a mother I've ever heard of. That's brilliant. Oh, oh there's this one that said, um, Asian moms, sometimes Wong, always right. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, I mean, you could do that. You could yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, we we, we know. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.